This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Well, hello, friends. We are back with episode number 63 of the Ops Authority podcast, and I am jazzed that you are here. I am going to be talking about something today that is fresh, brand new content. You guys are the very first people to get a listen of all of this, and I'm just, I'm jacked up to teach it. I am your host, Natalie Gingrich, and I help operations experts to find their place to to build their businesses and to utilize the gifts that they have so that they can do business in the easiest and most natural way possible. What we find is there are lots of support professionals out there who don't really know how to utilize their gifts and talents. And when you pull it all back, you find out that you are capable of bringing operations order processes and project management to businesses. You do that because you're an amazing leader. That's what an operations professional is. And I wanted to make sure we got that absolutely clear as we go into today's content. If you've been in business for yourself, or we can actually take this into like buying something for yourself, you want to know what the return on that investment is. And as somebody who does a lot of hiring for six and seven figure entrepreneurs and small businesses, they're always looking for a return on investment. It's as important to me as the hiring manager as it should be to them. One of the things that can be very, very challenging is finding the return on an investment from an operations professional. So let me back up a little bit. There are two different sides of businesses. We'll just call those the front and the back side of business. The front side of business is really focused on marketing and sales activities. So this is finding leads, finding your audience, talking and communicating to that audience, and bringing them to you through a bunch of different visibility and marketing efforts. Those are what I would consider the front of the house. And then we have the back of the house. The back of the house is really looking at operations. And so operations, that's always the word where people are like, what does that really mean? Um, If you're from the military or you've been in fulfillment at some point in your career, then you typically understand operations. So if this is something that's new to you, or if you're just wondering, like, how in the world do I describe operations? Operations really looks at the infrastructure, the foundation, what we need, processes, systems, management, team management, building teams, all of that, what we need to actually fulfill on the thing that we have sold and marketed. So hopefully that helps you to understand what operations is and what it looks like. So you've got the front of the house and the back of the house. Front is marketing and sales and the back is operations or fulfillment. So When I hire, so we have another business called the Hiring Authority. Again, we hire for six and seven figure business owners. And when I hire, it's always my goal to guide the client and the CEO to create 30, 60, 90 day goals. These are also called KRAs or key results areas. 
It's a really pinnacle piece of my process. And this is done so that both parties are super clear on the expectations. We use those for performance management reasons, as well as helping me and my team to find the task and the responsibilities and maybe even the projects that are going to bring a return for their investment. So my goal is to have this resource bring a return to the business and quote unquote, pay for themselves within 90 days of that hire. Most people only think of this in return on investment, investment meaning hard dollars. And that's a great start. But after being in this space for more than five years and building teams, I have seen a return in many other ways. And that's what I'm so excited to chat with you guys about today. Another point I want you to know is that marketing, the front of the house activities, typically sees a return on investment quite easily, whereas the back of the house or the operations side has a softer return. And oftentimes it may not be financially solvent in 90 days. And because of this, I have gone to work to show our operators, my directors of operations, the people that are coming through my programs, and really now for you, any operations professional, how you can show value in a variety of ways. And that's exactly what episode number 63 today is all about. I've shared this soapbox moment with you before, but as service professionals and service providers, regardless if you're front of the house or back of the house, we must quantify our value. It's just not enough to trust that the leader or the person that's paying you sees your value or knows what you're doing. Trust me, I walk into so many businesses and they have no idea how much they're paying you. They have no idea what you're doing. They have no idea how many hours they're working. It's truly amazing, but it is common across the board, across the industry. But reporting is massively overlooked and it's underperformed in the freelancer, online, and service spaces. Ladies, we have to turn this around. I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying it. If you show your value on a regular basis, you become easy to pay, easy to retain, easy to promote, and easy to refer. That sounds like magic to my ears, and I want you to get the exact same thing. So you do this, you create that by providing solid reporting. And yes, it usually requires that you have to do a little bit more data gathering and get a little bit out of your comfort zone, but I promise you it's 100% worth it. The average time that I serve my clients is almost 32 months, between 31 and 32 months. That is a long time in the freelancer service-based space. So I wanna make sure that I am sharing what has worked for me with you so that you can build something that's consistent, that is rewarding and fulfilling. So today's podcast is here to help you with two things, quantifying your value as well as identifying metrics that you can use. The podcast right before this was with our guest and my expert coach, Kelsey Schmidt, who is our KPI and data coach. So you may want to go back and listen to that podcast. But I've got a method today that I'm excited to introduce to you. Like I said, you're the first to hear this. And this is called the Return on Ties method, T-I-E-S, like to tie your shoe. So this is all about, today is all about the return on ties. And this ties stands for time and investment, effort and stress. 
So the time and the investment part are going to be more common, but the last two, effort and stress, are a little bit outside of something that you and maybe even your leader have ever thought about or talked about. So let's dive into these goodies. I am so excited for this. Remember, we're talking about the ties method, the return on time, the return on investment, the return on effort, and the return on stress. We're going to start with the return on time. So by definition, the return on time is the amount of time that you remove off of the leader's calendar or let's just say their proverbial desk. By bringing in an operator, the leader is going to shift some of those hours or maybe lots of those hours that they were recently or previously spending in admin and meetings and research to you or to this new person in the business. And this leaves them with more space and more time. Now, every leader wants time back, no doubt. But what they plan to do with that extra time really varies. They may want to lessen their hourly contribution to the business. Maybe right now they're working 80 hours a week and that's clearly not sustainable and is not going to put you in such a great spot. They may want to just be able to unplug from the business for a little bit and trust that it's going to still be a solid and profitable business. They may want to take more vacations. They may want to just back down from five days a week to four days a week. Or they could amplify what they're doing with those hours that you are now taking on. So I believe that CEOs are truly in the CEO role when they are focusing on content creation, product creation, sales, strategy, and networking. When their plate is full by doing a bunch of these the administrative tasks that just happen as you're building a business, they are absolutely not going to be able to focus on those things. Again, those things were content creation, product creation, strategy, sales, and networking. Sales is one of the very last things that a CEO will be able to hand over, and it's because they are so invested in the mission of the business. Again, when their plate is full, they're not going to be able to focus on those things. So by bringing in an operations role, they can now use that time that they were using in administrative work on more strategic things, maybe even new passion projects and amplifying their leadership and their development. So how can you measure the return on time? This one is actually pretty easy to measure because it involves noting the number of hours that the leader is working right now and how they're spending that time. And I recommend you do this at the beginning of the relationship and then also keep that going. You've got to stress the importance of it and The best practice would be that the leader would note their work hours and what they were doing during that time for one week out of every month. You'd ask them to track their hours and give you a report and you could get an understanding of how they're spending those that time. And there are plenty of tools out there for this that can make this a little bit easy. But honestly, lots of times it's just a good old fashioned notepad or sticky note and them handwriting this out and and handing it over to you so that you can kind of do all of the crunching. Now the hard part is getting a CEO to actually do that. Get creative, ladies. You can ask the question, how many hours did you work last week and what did you accomplish? You can do that as a part of your weekly or your monthly meetings. It certainly won't be as thorough, but you would at least be able to track trends. So whether you have a CEO that will do these things or whether you don't, you need to pull that data from them in some way. Sometimes you can use tools, so don't shy away from the technology that we have to be able to do this, like Toggle or T-Sheets or Harvest. Lots and lots of tools are out there, but don't discount. You need to 
make this accessible for the leader. So if technology is going to be one of those things that they're not going to do that with, then resort to a piece of paper and maybe even just creating a grid for them and giving it to them that they can physically print out and write down. And worst case scenario, you still need to track this and you would just ask them subjectively to reflect on their week and give you an estimate of tasks and the time. Make sure you do this. You are going to know that you have paid for yourself A return on time has paid for you when the leader is doing less admin and more strategy or visioning work. And by doing this, the revenue of the business is going to increase because their time is more available to focus on revenue generating activities rather than the minutia. And that minutia gets a bad rap. We actually really love dealing with the administration, overseeing things, and that frees up the leader to truly make more sales, be more innovative, and make a connection with their audience. That is how an operations person provides a return on time to the business. Moving on to, in the ties method, moving on to the I, return on investment. Now, this is the most understood piece out there. This is the most understood metric when it comes to the return. But I'm just going to explain this one more time because it could be new to you or you may need some help explaining it to your leader. By definition, the return on investment is when you make more than you spend. So when you buy a course, I'm just going to give you an example. When you buy a course, let's say it's on how to do Facebook ads. You invest $1,000 on that course, but the product of the knowledge that you're going to gain will bring you four times that in a short period of time. That is a positive return on investment. You spent $1,000, you made $4,000. So clearly it is positive. You have a full return on that investment. Some people will challenge themselves to even do this the fastest that they can. So can they get that return in two weeks versus four weeks? And in that case, you would also want to track time. The same thing happens for expanding your team. And like I was speaking about at the beginning of this podcast, marketing and sales personnel are the easiest staff members to see an ROI from. So think of a funnel designer. They design a funnel, they charge you $3,000 for it, and you'll know you get your return on investment when the funnel exceeds $3,000 in sales. It's a little bit more difficult for the back of the house or the operations-focused labor. And it can absolutely be done, but oftentimes a return on investment from an operator is a soft return versus a hard one. And that, when I say soft versus hard, a hard return means actual physical dollars and a soft return means you gain money, hard dollars, through activities like producing more time, producing more effort, or minimizing stress. So that's what a soft return is. It's often through the savings of time and becoming more efficient. The return on those are soft, meaning that the time in itself isn't going to bring you cold, hard dollars, but using that discretionary time can give you the return on investment. Make sense? So how do you measure the return on investment? It's pretty easy. You're going to need a balance sheet and you're going to need a solid bookkeeping software. You're going to look at sales and profit margins. It is very important to chart your revenue, your expenses, your profit margins against your presence in the business. So how do these factors improve as a result of you being here? So you're going to want to look at what the company's sales are and what their profit margin is. And then I want you to 
Compare that against time when you showed up to the business. You will know that you've paid for yourself when the profit margins get bigger beyond the amount of investment that they are paying for you to be on their team. So if they're paying you $5,000 a month, make it a point to celebrate with them when you see an additional $5,000 in sales or profit. It's a collaborative effort, but it's one you have to watch for because a lot of times your marketing peers are going to get that acknowledgement. Okay, moving down to the E in ties, the return on effort. I often look at effort as a synonym to efficiency and ease. They're all three E's, so effort, efficiency, and ease. And by definition, this is how heavy or strenuous your business activities feel to you. So when I hear people say, it's just too hard, I just want to quit, I just want to burn this down, that to me screams that they are at max effort. And this is far from the optimal place of being, which is at ease. And it's in this state that we are focusing on the small things rather than the vision and where the passion and ease meet. So to overcome the overwhelming feeling of effort, you can delegate tasks to other people who enjoy performing that task. You can identify what you're doing that's out of your wheelhouse. For a long time, I had to write content because I couldn't afford it. But the effort that it took me to write content just did not outweigh the time that I could be spending on something else. So it was out of my wheelhouse and I hired an expert for it. Hey, waving to Abby. (laughs) You can also look for opportunities for automation in your business and leverage technology. And then also become aware of your perfectionism. So perfectionism lives in lots of us. It's not just a type A type of personality trait. It can be in lots of different personality traits. But when you start to get really narrowly focused on the perfection of delivering something, you're worrying about the here and now versus what the future holds. You don't worry about creating a perfect future You worry and you stress and you put a lot of effort into making what is right in front of you perfect. So if you're doing that, you're likely feeling lots and lots of excess effort and you're putting excess effort into your business. And another way is through hiring. So operators, everybody listening that is in a service-based business, serving in the backside of business, This is your greatest gift to an organization. If we can make hard things easy, there is a return on effort. And we do this by showing up as a strategic partner rather than limiting yourself to just being an implementer in a business. Also by creating processes, building and managing teams, leading meetings, managing projects. I know a business is ready for a DOO when they crave ease and efficiency. It's actually something that I ask them in the call that we have to screen them. So how would you measure effort? There's two ways. You can do this objectively, and you can also do this subjectively. And I would recommend doing both. So cold hard facts is by documenting the profit margins, just like you would do on the I, the return on investment. You're gonna look at those profit margins. When they get wider, it's likely a reflection of business becoming easier. Subjectively, which has a ton of value, and I definitely want every single one of you guys to do this, I want you to ask your leader to rate their satisfaction with their job as the leader and the CEO of their business. How are they enjoying it? 
What is their satisfaction? And then you will know that you have paid for yourself when profit increases as a byproduct of the efficiencies that you have put in, as well as the leader's satisfaction improving in their business. But another subliminal way is when the leader returns to their creative and passionate zone. Listen to that. When a leader returns to their creative and passionate zone. When they are not at ease in their business, they're not going to have that space to be able to do this. They're not going to be able to innovate. They're not going to come up with new product lines, new ways of doing business, new business ideas, new passion projects. You can't do that in a state of overwhelm. So if you can bring that, if you can bring order and ease, the effort that they're expending on their business is going to go down. Again, You need to ask the leader what their satisfaction is. I want you to chart that over time. That's going to show them what your presence as being a part of their business is doing on the effort that they're extending into their work life. All righty, we're finally to the S in ties, the return on stress. And this is something that is so unique. I am so, it's something I deeply feel. So I'm really excited to share this and have this as a part of how we communicate our value as an operator to businesses. So by definition, the return on stress is improving your health, your physical and mental health, as well as your quality of life as a result of sharing work or business responsibilities. That's when the return on stress happens. So it's no secret that entrepreneurs and business leaders struggle deeply with depression, anxiety, and stress. And in that state, that prevents them from their optimal wellness. And if they aren't well, this is gonna bleed into the business, the brand, the team, the vision, the reputation. And when a leader brings on an operator, they are no doubt looking to reduce stress in their business. And that stress can be physical, mental, and how they perceive their quality of life. So how in the world are we going to measure stress? At this point, and I've put a ton of thought into this, at this point, I don't know a way to measure this objectively. But I know this matters so incredibly much. I hear the struggles, the pain, the heartache from these people. I see health go down the tube, physical health. I see mental health on completely frazzled. I know that this matters so much. Here's how I recommend measuring this. I want you to reach out to the leader as well as the team. Don't forget the team. The team's health is equally important on productivity and revenue, okay? So I want you to go to the leader and the full team, and I want you to gather their stress level as it pertains to their physical, mental, and quality of life. And this is probably best done with a survey tool so that it could be anonymous and without judgment. I want you to plot this month over month and make notes. If we're talking about July, I want you to tell me what happened in July. It's not just how the rating came back, but you're also going to want to know what key projects you guys were working on. Wouldn't it be so cool to show the impact of stress that launches and maybe certain specific campaigns at specific times of year do to people? Like, how does this team feel? What is their stress level during the holidays, during summer, just different times of the year? If you know this, you as the operator, you as the right hand to the person can really be focusing on different things that the leader is never going to focus on, which could be morale, which could be, you know, getting additional support. 
So many different cool things you can do here. You are going to know when you have paid for yourself, when the stress rating of the team, the comprehensive team, decreases by 20%. If you get beyond 20%, I would call that significant. You have made a significant difference. And no doubt about it, if you make a difference in the amount of time that the leader or the team can spend doing the things that they want to in the business, if you make things more efficient so that the leader is not extending as much effort, if you reduce the amount of stress in a business 100% of the time, there's going to be greater financial stability, higher profits, and satisfaction. But you have to look beyond just the cold, hard return on investment. Leaders desire a return on time, investment, effort, and stress, and they cannot do this by themselves. They have to have operators to help them obtain this. And that's another reason why directors of operations are so foundational for scaling businesses. And as an operations leader, ladies, I want you to show your value to the businesses you're working in. But I also want you to know that your gifts are truly blessing other people. It's not just you. It's not just the leader. It's not just the leader's team. It can cascade and have a ripple effect all the way down to the students, the community, everybody that is involved in that business. So we don't take the time to quantify this as it stands today. And I hope that this podcast encourages you to begin charting all of these. Find a way, make it possible to include this on your reports every single week. All right, friends, as we do with every single podcast episode, I want to make sure that we have an actionable exercise. So our ops activity of the week is to make a move. I want you to start something new with your existing clients. I want you to introduce this concept, the return on ties method, to at least one client. You're going to focus on stress and effort because they probably haven't thought about that. You can certainly mention time and investment because those are more common for them, that may be a great way to kind of start the conversation, but ask them to rate their stress and effort levels. Put in a system now to start tracking that. And I want you to track it every single month. I want you to show your value and earn your return. It will make a very long lasting relationship. If you've been listening to this and you're thinking, I don't even have access to business financials of the people that I'm working with, but you know that you have the leadership to guide these businesses, then I encourage you to consider the Director of Operations Certification Program. There are businesses that are scaling that know they cannot do this alone. I talk to them every single day, friends. I am not a special unicorn. I have not found diamonds in the rough. There are businesses out there that are scaling, lots of them at this time specifically, that are going to need partnership to get to the next level. They need, they require directors of operations to move forward with less stress, less effort, and without putting as much time into their business. I would love for you to join us in our next round of the Director of Operations Certification Program in late November. You can take a peek at the information at directorofops.com and our applications are always open, even though we're not starting the next program until late November. Alrighty, friends, I want to leave you guys with this. The return on a director of operations investment equals time, effort, 
stress, and efficiency. That is how business owners are going to know that you are the most solid investment that they have ever made. Alrighty, friends, I hope that this has been eye-opening. I put a lot of effort into pulling all of this out of my head. It's just kind of been sitting up there for a while. So I'm really, really excited to share it with you. I would love to hear your feedback. Come on over to theopsinsiders.com. Remember, the Ops activity is for you to reach out to one client and start to record their stress and effort levels. I would love to see that. Of course, we're not going to put any client names in there, but come on over to theopsinsiders.com. That is our private Facebook group, and I look forward to you guys taking action on this because I know it will make an incredible difference to the people that you support. You ladies have a fantastic week, and I'll see you back here with an expert interview with my friend, Claire Crum. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.